Hey, I'm Claire. And I'm Janice. And this is The X-Files, a podcast about breakups, broken hearts, and moving on. We are breakup coaches here to help you beat your breakup, heal your broken heart, and move on to an amazing, abundant life. Welcome, everyone, to this week's episode of The X-Files podcast, Am I in an Abusive Relationship? trigger warning we're not definitely sure exactly but we are going to be covering a range of topics including Mm -hmm. um stalking uh suicidality verbal um, abuse verbal intimate partner violence yeah so a bit of detail yeah if that's a no-go for you check out um the next episode that Mm -hmm. we have um i think we'll be dropping it at the same time that's Mm -hmm. the plan um and that will be all about am i in a healthy relationship and we will keep that one trigger free for everyone so yes yeah check that one out if this is gonna be an issue for you if not keep listening there's a lot of really good information in here um If this is a subject that is of interest of you and you would like to hear like personal story from a survivor and an expert in domestic violence, check out last week's episode with Ruth Glenn. Um, We talked to her about her own story and her work as the president and CEO of the National Coalition Against Domestic Violence. And it's really a good episode so sure is she gave some wonderful information about domestic violence and went into a lot of detail about her own story as a survivor and how she came to be in this work and she's an inspiration to so many people um definitely check it out episode 65 and check out the coalition we are supporting them all month long because it's October, which is domestic violence awareness month. Yes. And they're doing great things to both um, spread the word about domestic violence and how prevalent it is and, you know, promote legislation to protect, to protect victims and survivors and a lot of other good things. So please, um, if you'd like to do something good this month, um, you know, give them a donation, become a member check out their website. It's so full of such cool information. I love that website so much. Yeah. So yeah. many resources on it. And of course, if you would like support with your breakup or starting over journey, please hit us up on our Instagrams. We are breakup coaches. We would love to support you and work with you one-on-one uh, to advance on your healing journey. Yeah. This is what we do. So not <laughs> just is. the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Awesome. So today we thought it would be good in keeping with the domestic violence awareness theme for the month to talk about what healthy and unhealthy relationships both look like um, instead of, you know, just sticking with these labels that people toss on relationships. We thought it would be good to give some details. Mm-hmm. So today we are going to be talking about unhealthy relationships which is why it comes with a trigger warning. We are going to get pretty specific. So why is this? We're going to talk about how society approaches domestic violence in this episode. But I know from my own experience as a survivor that I have been kind of shocked on many occasions to find out that 
people did not really take my story or my experience or my referring to my relationship as abusive Mm -hmm. until they found out that there was physical abuse involved. Or I would, I, I, I cannot tell you the number of times that I've mentioned because a lot, a a lot of my life story up to this point has to do with the fallout from that relationship. So often, you know, especially when I was overseas telling my health story, I would make reference to having been in an abusive relationship. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, I'd notice that, you know, it might come up with the same people again. And so many people ask me, well, but did he hit you? (sighs) You know, like they didn't think it was really abusive. Yeah. Until they found out if there was hitting, which just, it shocks me so much. Hitting. It's yeah. It doesn't have to become physical to be abusive. Um, so yeah, that, that for sure. I mean, if you knew what I lived through, I, I mean, it did get physical and even me sitting here saying that I feel uncomfortable because I feel like I'm qualifying it by saying that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Exactly. It's almost like you're on trial for Mm -hmm. like whether or not you're telling the truth about this. Yeah. It's, it's kind of a weird thing. It's Mm -hmm. really weird. I feel like people lean towards, not believing yeah um or i i'm just saying that or other people are just saying that and yeah Yeah. they they want to know or you know they might say oh but was it physical you know like it it wasn't abusive unless it was physical which is absolutely not true you can live in hell you could be tortured by someone without it ever getting physical um without even law enforcement ever getting involved, unfortunately. Um, mm-hmm. And because we are not specific about what unhealthy relationships look like, we thought it might be good to, you know, actually promote a discussion around, around mm-hmm. it. Yeah. And a lot of discussions about unhealthy relationships are kind of simplified to calling the ex a narcissist rather than Mm -hmm. describing Mm -hmm. the behaviors and describing what the relationship looks like and what the experience of being in the relationship is. They're like, Mm -hmm. oh, I just, I dated this narcissist and it was awful. And, you know, uh, someone can be toxic and someone can be abusive without being uh, diagnosable as a narcissist. Um, So you don't have to like diagnose people as this like kind of actually tricky diagnosis and I think later this month we will be dropping an episode an interview with Chris Gritty of the Nitty Gritty um who's kind of uh made it all about Mm -hmm. his TikTok all about narcissism and defining the different types and you know helping victims of that but also you know like talking about how it, it doesn't help people to just throw this term around. You can just yep. call someone abusive. You can just call someone toxic yes. or explain what them. they yeah. did. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. know, instead of relying on these labels. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cause um, yeah. So that episode will get way more into it. So if you are like on narc talk or whatever um mm-hmm. that's the episode for you it'll drop in i think a couple weeks so check that out when it comes out but we'd rather use our platform here and our content um on 
social media and etc to label abusives as <laughs> to label excuse me relationships as either abusive or not abusive like we thought it would be useful to encourage discussion by providing more context about the behaviors that show up in both healthy and unhealthy relationships. We have loved creating free and accessible healing resources for people around the world who are looking for support on their breakups, broken hearts, and moving on journeys. Each day we receive DMs from many of you who have let us know the positive impact X-Files is making in your life. Our vision for the second year of our show is something that we both feel so completely. We are looking forward to continuing to share useful resources each week, but also expanding our offerings to help people go more deeply with their healing and growth. Part of our vision is expanding the connection with our community. And to do that, we are thrilled to be launching the X-Files Patreon. Growing this aspect of our community will allow us to keep creating great content for everyone each week and also start developing even more healing resources and support. We would love for you to be part of the first group of the X-Files patrons. So head to the link in the show notes now to sign up for either the $5 or the $10 level. And we will both be looking forward to connecting with you very soon. All right, so let's get into it. Another reason that we are doing this is because there is a lot of relationship abuse that is actually quite um, tolerated by society, and it really shouldn't be. Um, There are a lot of abusive behaviors that fall underneath the surface of what is defined as the domestic violence iceberg by the National Coalition Against Domestic Violence. I really think that this is a great analogy. Um, Above the surface of the water, uh, you Mm -hmm. know, the tip of the iceberg, is what society and one's community tends to respond to. This has absolutely been my experience as a survivor. And namely, what are deemed as, quote, severe forms of physical violence, namely, punching, burning, strangling, sexual assaults, and partner rape. So these are the things that you're going to get a response out of. These are what, you know, people actually stop and listen. Oh, wow. You know, that does sound abusive. Mm -hmm. Um, I would actually push back a little. I've been really surprised at hearing how um, people respond to partner rape. Yes. I was, I was going to jump in and say that too. I cannot believe how people view part partner rape I had someone say these exact words to me how can your boyfriend rape you yeah a grown-ass woman not very long ago even yeah and that's not you know that's not on her so much as like society where it's just like well when you're in a relationship with someone consent is just like always there because mm, yeah. you're in a relationship and it's like no right I mean um, I guess you know we're informed in different ways than a lot of people but um yeah. I would say yeah from my experience that partner rape often falls underneath the surface of the water along yeah. with other things that are overlooked 
um, and also approach with much less sympathy. Um, and those are the things that we are going to discuss today. So mm -hmm. that includes financial abuse, verbal abuse, sexual, sexual coercion, and emotional mental abuse. We're not covering um, quote, physical violence as much on this episode. And I mean, personally, I just hope that everyone listening understands that any time that a person puts their hands on you out of anger or out of any other reason other than to be loving, that that is physical abuse. Yeah. And I really don't think that it even, that we need to go into any detail about that at all. Um, yeah. So yeah. the, I, I really wanted to use this episode to talk about what non, non-physical violence looks like. Yeah, definitely. So many of these actions are often tolerated and just like not even discussed by society. Mm -hmm. And so today we'll talk about how they show up in relationships. So first, let's start with the definition of a healthy relationship, because yep. we need to know what that means to see what unhealthy is. So make sure to keep your eyes on the space. As we said, there's an episode just on healthy relationships, and that will be out the same time, I think. Yep. That's, that's so, going to be more of a feel good. Yeah, you'll feel yeah. a lot better. Maybe like Cheer yourself up with that after this one. Yeah. Um, so healthy relationships are characterized by um, our source for this one is hotline.org. And they define healthy relationships as partners that are communicative, respectful, trusting, honest, equal, setting boundaries, practicing consent, consent in parenting supportively if applicable. So yeah, that sounds pretty great, doesn't it? It does. <laughs> and as for unhealthy relationships, the hotline.org says these relationships are characterized by communicates harmfully, mistreats the other, makes untrue accusations, controls the other, isolates the other, forces sexual activity, or controls reproductive choices, controls finances, manipulates the children. Mm. So I think we should also touch on this question of how do I know if I'm being abused? Now we are going to go into a lot of detail about how abusers operate and what some of these things look like, but I really want to stress that you don't necessarily need to listen to this entire episode and sit there and, you know, compare the episode to your relationship. Um, in our last episode, Ruth Glenn said when asked about this question is that if you are in a relationship in which you feel like you are giving up any amount of control or autonomy in your life, that is a good measure of abuse. So yeah. you might just want to think about it in really simple terms. I hope that this episode helps to spread awareness, but you know, if you're trying to make a decision about your relationship, just ask yourself that. Yeah. If you listened to last week's episode, um, you heard me say, mm -hmm. I haven't been a victim of domestic violence mm -hmm. and then describe what Ruth Glenn told me point blank was stalking. <laughs> yeah. Um, and the reason you know, this was like nine years ago for me. So it's been a while and it's been years of myself invalidating what I experienced because like 
my friends didn't think it was abuse. Um, Mm -hmm. Honestly, society probably didn't think it was abuse. And eventually I stopped feeling like I could even say it was abuse. Um, Instead, like this is the relationship that I refer to as he got kind of toxic after Mm -hmm. we broke up. That's how I refer to him. And so like, I'm pretty educated in this stuff. And even I was like, oh no, I haven't experienced anything like this. Um, and so I just want to describe some of the things that happened to me that I didn't think was abuse. Mm -hmm. Um, so, uh, he hacked my university account and dropped me from my classes twice. He interrupted a midterm to push me up against a wall and no one intervened. He showed up to my parents' house and told them to make me get back with him. He sent his friend into my class to hand me a letter and the friend told me to go fuck myself in front of my classmates because he had been told I was a cheater. That's humiliation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, He threatened suicide multiple times when I refused to get back with him. Uh, A mutual friend told me, I'm not going to pick sides, but you should change your locks. Um, And I didn't think it counted as stalking because when I threatened to go to the police, he did stop. Mm -hmm. And this was after months because it even experiencing it, even feeling very unsafe and upset and just like scared all the time. Mm -hmm. I still didn't think it was enough that the police would like do anything about it. And so that threat was almost like an empty threat for me because I'm like, Mm -hmm. they're not going to do anything about it. But I'll just say, you know, um, he all took that to get him to stop. It completely um, shows that he had no respect at all for how you felt about what was happening. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like he, you know. Like he called me one day and told me that even my dad didn't believe that I was going to like stick with the breakup. And Mm -hmm. I like immediately called my dad and was like, what the fuck? And Mm -hmm. Mm because my dad had just been getting all my stuff (laughs) from him. Uh, Yeah. Um, And my dad was speechless. He was like, Mm -hmm. I can't believe that he's doing Mm -hmm. Saying yeah. these things, they love to know? bring uh, family members into it yeah for sure mm-hmm. yeah um he alternated between verbal abuse and begging which is something I've heard of a lot and Ruth mm-hmm. kind of mirrored this as yeah. well in her experience where it's like wait do you hate me or do you love mm-hmm. me like I don't know um and yeah and like I stopped talking to friends who I mainly had mutual friends left at that point Mm because there had been a lot of isolation over the course of the relationship. Mm -hmm. And I don't talk about what happened in the relationship publicly, Um, but the stuff that happened after the breakup, I feel comfortable sharing publicly. And that is stalking. That is abuse. Mm -hmm. That is me being afraid and unable to move about my life in yes. a way that's not right. infringed mm-hmm. um you know and for nine years I was like oh it was kind of toxic yeah. <laughs> like 
yeah. So I just wanted to share that so that if you have experienced things where you're like, yeah, I felt really shitty and I felt unsafe, but mm-hmm. it wasn't abuse. Maybe it was. Yes. You know? and, I'll, and and if you were unhappy and felt like, like you said, like you couldn't go about your life, you know, happily and without fear, you know, I don't really think it, we need to put the, you know, a label on it or not. That's um, yeah. not healthy, not safe, not joyous. Um, and I, I find it really interesting that it's like, there's more space in our society for a man to carry on like this in this ridiculous mm-hmm. way <laughs> than there is for you to, you know, say that you felt unsafe and that you felt like, you know, you survived a really abusive situation. Um, and that's one reason that, um, you know, so many people live in silence, don't report, don't talk about it is because, um, you know, we don't get specific, we don't label it abuse and, you know, society kind of lets it continue. Um, yeah. So there's been a lot of research done to pinpoint the major characteristics of someone who is abusive in their relationships. Um, the National Coalition Against Domestic Violence hey, hey, lists 25 characteristics and behaviors of an abuser, including that the abuser objectifies the victim and often sees them as property or sexual objects. An abuser externalizes the behavior They blame their violence on circumstances such as stress, their partner's behavior, a bad day, alcohol, drugs. I would add their own trauma from childhood. That is a good point. And yes, my abuser, (laughs) I mean, those really, the only thing he ever blamed anything he did on was me (laughs) and his childhood. Never. I mean, he was a full-blown alcoholic and never wouldn't even blame drinking on it. It was always oh, no. me or his parents. And um, yeah, it's it is remarkable how much they deflect. And I would say that's one of the biggest red flags if you're dating someone and they do this. Mm-hmm. Um, might want to might want to think about what you what you're doing. Mm-hmm. All right, more signs of an abuser. An abuser may be pleasant and charming between periods of violence, and is often seen as a nice person to others outside the relationship. Again, this is so hard to, to deal with. Yeah, so much. These are some of the most charming people you yeah. will ever meet. They make oh, great 100%. first impressions on people. Yeah. I mean, and that's the thing. They make a great first impression on you as well. You're not Mm -hmm. special. Everyone gets the same charisma and like winning Mm -hmm. over, except now you have to deal with the private abuse um, behind the facade, basically. Yes. And then in in between, um, you know, the periods, the ups and downs are so extreme that you can, that you can find yourself really sucked back in during one of the, you know, up nice times. Yeah. uh, For sure. So more signs, extreme jealousy. It's not romantic people. (laughs) um, (laughs) Unpredictability, a bad temper, verbal abuse, antiquated beliefs about roles of women and men in relationships sabotage of birth control methods or refusal to honor agreed upon methods, accusations of the victim flirting with others or having an affair, embarrassment or humiliation of the victim in front of others. Those are just some of the signs of an abuser. Yeah. 
There are many ways that an abuser may mistreat and control their partner. And many of these behaviors go unnoticed and untalked about today. And they include financial abuse. So preventing the victim from going to work or sabotaging their employment, preventing the victim from looking for jobs or attending job interviews, demanding that the lease or the mortgage or assets be in the abuser's name and deciding when and how the victim can use cash, bank accounts, and or credit debit cards, forcing the victim to obtain loans. Yes. So Uh, anyone who thinks that a relationship doesn't get abusive unless there's hitting. Yeah. You know, imagine your partner trying to prevent you from going to work in the morning, you know, to a yeah. job that you need, love, whatever, in you know, the- or harassing you all day at work. So you can't even perform. Oh yeah. I mean, that was, that was huge. School was very hard after yes. I was, that yeah. relationship. Mm-hmm. Ending. Well, um, especially if he's going to drop you from your damn class. He, yeah. <laughs> he dropped me from my classes twice. Cause that's the first time crazy. I was like, Oh, it must that's Ill- a- it's gotta be illegal. I mean, it doesn't even matter, but that's, yeah. that's shocking. Or, um, you know, in my case, I worked from home, you know, my partner got it in his head that my business was stupid and would, you know, stand over my shoulder and watch me work, just making belittling comments just what? on and on and on to the point that I couldn't even concentrate. Yeah. And then when I try and ignore him, taking my computer and not letting me work, you know, if that mm-hmm. doesn't sound abusive and like you can't, you know, function day to day. Yeah. You know, I think that you probably haven't experienced it. It's I mean, just as abusive as hitting, if you ask me. Yeah, that that is crazy because mm-hmm. that like if you tell someone those details, they're like, oh, my God, I can't believe someone would do that. And I think like when I read these things, I feel like they can fly under the radar because it might be like your partner having a meltdown before you go to work and forcing you to stay home to like comfort them and stuff like I feel like there's well, ways be. where. <laughs> What's that? It's st- it's that might be the case, but it's still yeah. for, you know, it's still financial it's still, abuse. It's still abuse and it's still like it's happening consistently mm-hmm. and it's yep. a pattern. Mm-hmm. You know, like I I don't think it has to be where it's like he's standing, you know, like over my shoulder making rude comments. Like it could just be that he's like, oh well, I need the laptop because mine is broken or whatever. And you're like, oh, this seems reasonable, but like my I need to work. And it's yeah. like, but there's no like dialogue. There's no ability to be like, no, you can't right. have mm-hmm. my laptop. I need right. this, you know. Yeah. And that's and that is often what it comes down to is yeah, you're you're not able to say yes or no. Yeah. yeah. Um other things I can think of. Um, I, I think it's important that, you know, they mention having the assets in the abuser's name. Um, I know if yeah. my abuser got upset, he would sometimes lock me out, say that the apartment was in his name. You know, I have no rights to it. Uh. Um, making a really big deal about taking you to a nice dinner mm-hmm. and then somewhere along the night getting upset, ordering a bunch of stuff, refusing to pay. <gasps> mm-hmm. Oh my God. You know, imagine what that does to, to someone damaging property when we were out and refusing to pay and making me do it. (laughs) So 
Um, between 94 and 99% of domestic violence survivors have also experienced economic abuse. Yeah. And we, I mean, when it comes down to why, why don't they leave? If someone's not controlling you your finances um, <laughs> yeah. to this extent, you know, there were times that he drained my accounts because he got pissed off about something. Um, you know, like how can you really put a plan in place if you haven't really had financial autonomy? for so yeah. long. And even though that he's the reason why it's, it just makes it more complicated. Yeah. Um, and get this statistic between 21 and 60% of victims of int- uh, victims of intimate partner violence have lost their jobs due to reasons stemming from abuse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sad. It's really sad. And it's not like, you know, you're going to go to your boss and be like, I've been being abused. Yeah. You know, like, I mean, if you, once you start telling people and you stay in it, it it does become, you know, really complicated. People are not very accepting of knowing that you're staying in a situation that you've deemed abusive, but I can definitely see how you could lose your job due to this. Probably you could as well. If you're, you know, at work and you know, this person is, is harassing you constantly. You can't, you can't focus. You can't perform yeah. well. Or they're calling your work line all the time. Yes. And mm-hmm. so then it's like your fault for using it for personal reasons. Yeah. You yeah. know? Yeah. It's not good. Um, yeah. Up next. Right. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about sexual abuse in relationships between 14 and 25% of women are sexually assaulted by intimate partners during their relationship between 40 and 45% of women in abusive relationships will also be sexually assaulted during the course of the relationship. This is extremely common. It's extremely serious. And what it might look like is using fear, shame, guilt, threats, manipulation, or intimidation to force you to have sex, taking out anger or frustration with you during sex, forcing you to have sex when you have not given your consent. And Mm -hmm. that means even if you're in a committed relationship, you still have to say yes. Yeah. Um, Unwanted touching, Um, having sex with you when you're unconscious, Mm -hmm. Um, Switching from a consenting form of sex to an unconsenting form of sex. Mm, yeah, yeah, you're right. Um, demanding sex when you're tired, sick, or injured. Ignoring your feelings when it comes to sex. Name calling with sexual epithets. Um, and like maybe like transitioning to like rough sex when that wasn't something that you consented to yeah yeah um yeah so those could all be sexual abuse yeah you know and um um, some people I mean I really want I want to focus on the unwanted touching thing because you know grabbing your breast pinching your butt anything you know mm -hmm. no matter how cute they think it is um if it's unwanted it's still sexual abuse yeah even if it's your partner who thinks that they're going to make a joke out of it (laughs) yeah Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's, you know, especially when it's like public, like yeah. it's, well, I don't know. It's demeaning. I, yeah. I mean, I think also in, in private, it can, yeah. it's very demeaning. Oh maybe, yeah. And maybe even private. more so. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. 
So it's so important that we recognize and talk about the fact that no matter how long you've been with someone, sexual coercion and rape can still take place. It's demeaning. It's soul crushing to be sexually abused by a partner and victims need to know that they don't owe anyone anything. And if it feels wrong, it's not their fault. Um, yeah. And I know how tricky this can get because especially when you've given to consent to some forms of sex Mm. or, um, you know, you love this person or, um, a big one is, uh, when like, the night before you've been trying to initiate sex and they say no. And then you wake up in the middle of the night and they're having sex with you when you Mm. were unconscious. Like that's, that's right. It's hard to wrap your head around in the moment and be like, Mm -hmm. Oh, well, I really wanted sex five hours ago. Like (laughs) I just didn't want it now. A Um, lot of this is hard to deal with in the moment. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. All right. But so. it can it still it still takes place if you don't like it and if you don't want it, it's still coercion, no matter how long you've been yeah. with the person. Yeah. All right. And also a note, you do not have because I know in those situations your like flight freeze fawn response yeah, can yeah, be exactly. activated. Mm-hmm. You do not need to be saying no, 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 no. Mm-hmm. Consent is enthusiastic, yeah. clear, mm-hmm. verbal. Yep. uninhibited like yeah so if you freeze and you're like well I never said no it's still not consent so um yeah moving on to verbal abuse <laughs> this is so important to talk about no pun intended um <laughs> words are so powerful and yet so much verbal abuse gets validated in invalidated today maybe um, I, I, uh, think validated. So oh, I validated. Kind of think, yes. Yeah, so what I think is that verbal abuse is one of the most accepted forms yeah. of abuse. Yeah. The so, abuse gets mm-hmm. invalidated and the verbal abuse is gets validated. validated. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. Cause we're, we're not really taught to communicate productively. Like Mm -hmm. our parents do the best they can, but they're also, they were taught by people who were doing the best they could. Um, and sometimes that's not very good. Um, so therefore a lot of us let others get away with violent speech. Mm -hmm. Um, and we'll, I think off often see it in a joking manner, Um, and it's almost like, you know, the, oh, he's just joking around Mm -hmm. or she's just joking around. Um, and of course, if that verbal abuse doesn't turn violent, many people just choose not to talk about it, but there is if it was just words. Yeah. As if it was just words. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, we're going to talk about it, but I I just, I don't think that it, that it matters. It can be really traumatizing to have someone speak to you, you know, this way and threaten you. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But Um, how many people are going to say, um, that's abuse. That is not okay with me. Um, you know, if you need somewhere to go, you can stay with me after you say that you've, you know, been threatened or had some of this go on. People will just, (laughs) oh, well, at least they didn't get to it. Oh, he's probably having a bad day, you know? (sighs) 
Um, so yeah, there's a line and crossing it is where communication goes from unproductive to abusive. So name calling condensation. (laughs) Well, (laughs) precipitation. Um, Okay. Condescension, manipulation, uh, demeaning or belittling comments about your interests, accomplishments, activities, friends, family. Mm-hmm. Hey, anyone recognize isolation in there? Mm-hmm. Um, does anyone recognize gaslighting mm-hmm. in there? Um, threats? Yes. That's another thing where it's like, well, he never hit you. And I was mm-hmm. like, well, he told me he was going to kill yes. me. So, yeah. you yes. Know. Mm-hmm. what do you think yes um mm-hmm. i'm sorry your partner should never even joke about that and yep. you have a partner who thinks that's funny mm-hmm. no or okay to do in the heat of the moment because they're so upset about about something no never that's living never. in fear yeah um and then blame blaming you for mm-hmm. things you know you can't help or even, you know, things where you're like, yeah, I wish I had handled that differently, but you know, insulting. I would also add to this insulting comments about your appearance. Yeah. Um, I think is something that's, that's fairly common. Um, you know, being overly critical, you know, nitpicking your behavior. Um, this is, this is all abuse. Um, you know, I think some people, yeah, don't know how to communicate, but this is crossing a line into making yeah. someone li- live in fear for sure. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Oh, it's, it's such a, it's so heavy to talk about all this. I know. Okay. So <laughs> We're doing the best we can. <laughs> yes, we certainly are. All right. So let's talk about emotional abuse and other controlling behaviors to look for. These are, this is a lot of stuff that flies under the radar. Okay. Walking out. Oh, so, God. you know, this can be tricky. Sometimes people need space, but you know, if someone has a pattern of, ju- you know, walking yeah. out every time things get heated, um, the silent treatment. Okay. Oh, a lot God. of, uh, you know, uh, professionals in this space have come out recently about, um, how about the prevalence of, of the silent treatment and that it's, um, a form of abuse. Um, yeah. it's not okay. Lecturing you know, and berating you. Oh, I, yeah, I have experienced a lot of that in my marriage. Um, monitoring your whereabouts. This is becoming more and more common. It's not okay at all. It's extremely controlling. Uh, no one needs to know where you are all of the time. No one needs to be sitting there going out of their way to track you. Yeah. Um, gaslighting outbursts, uh, derogatory pet names, insults about appearance or trying to control your appearance, like I said earlier, um, one-way respect. I think you'll know it if if this if you're in it. I would say yeah. That one. <laughs> Interrupting or not letting you talk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, treating you like a child. All right, those are yeah. all forms of emotional abuse and controlling behaviors. Yeah. Walking out silent treatment and gaslighting. Those Mm -hmm. were like the, the three pronged approach that 
that guy that I talked about would use inside of a relationship. Yeah, like um, not even ha- when things got heated. Like mm-hmm. I, I asked him to like move something heavy, and he packed his suitcase and left. Yeah. Yeah. Like, um, I, yeah. my ex-husband was also really, really easy to get, to set off. Yeah. Um, same. Yeah. I mean, you'd just be having a conversation and say something in the wrong way. And yeah, all of a sudden it's just like game over. Yeah. Um, and yeah. And also, um, the threatening to leave and actually leaving over and over and over again. Yeah. Um, you, um, threatening to leave and pretending to leave that's you go you know going to make someone just constantly feel vulnerable constantly feel like they're um, walking on eggshells and have no it just occurred to me but you're not going to have any faith in the relationship that you're yeah. in and feel secure with this person who is doing this to you constantly mm-hmm. um, which I, I do think um, if if that's how you feel about your relationship um, it's not just toxic. I think it could, yeah, be, be abusive. Yeah. So do you recognize some of these behaviors, but also know that your partner has been through a lot and they sometimes act out because of stress or depression or trauma? Are you aware that you are their main source of support and hesitate to walk away or address their behavior because of that? Um, another one is that like you feel like if you could only be strong enough and understanding enough, you could, you could help them be better. Mm-hmm. Um, but you, you weren't like, you just aren't, this person is the way they are. Yeah. And, um, especially like we see with, um, people who have had a broken, a breakup and usually, it's because they've been discarded by the abuser mm-hmm. and they're left with this feeling of, I sacrificed so much for them. I put up with so much of their bullshit yeah. mm-hmm. and now they're with someone new and they're treating her the way I always wanted to be treated or they're treating mm-hmm. him the way I always wanted to be treated. Guaranteed they're not treating that person that way or yeah. it's just right now because it's the beginning and you know how invisible the abuse was when you were tolerating it. Mm. I can tell you right now, you will not probably be able to see that the abuse is going on with this new person. Yeah. So don't internalize it yeah. uh, at all. And as far as, you know, people not appreciating the things that you do for them. Mm-hmm. I mean, look, I've been there. I put this guy through rehab, um, sacrifice everything I possibly could. He, mm-hmm. when he got pissed off afterwards, he told me I had never done anything for him. If someone is going to abuse you in the ways that we've mentioned on this episode, they do not have any respect for any amount of sacrifice that you're making for yeah. them. Okay. These people are all about themselves. Yeah. So, you know, even if you did do all of these things, yes, that means you are a wonderful person with a great capacity for love, mm-hmm. but don't rely on them to <laughs> um, be at all grateful for it because that's, that's not how these people operate. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, first of all, number one, give yourself that same love Mm -hmm. and and like undying sacrifice and do what's right Mm -hmm. for you. 
And then two, once you're doing that and once you're putting yourself first and you're treating yourself, how, how you've been, you know, trying to like be for this abusive person and your, your relationship with yourself is so much better and so much stronger then you can find someone who actually not only deserves that love and loyalty and respect and just willingness to try anything, um, you can give that to someone who deserves it and reciprocates it. Yep. So, yeah. Um, No amount of shit from someone else's past makes it okay for them to be cruel or abusive. Mm -hmm. Abuse is always a choice. Um, There's this, uh, I mean, everything is a choice, but uh, there's this story about um, two sons, two brothers, Mm -hmm. and they had an abusive alcoholic dad, whatever. One of them went on to be really successful, be the husband and father that he always wishes he had um, and was just like a pillar in his community and really succeeded at life. And he always said, I did it because of my dad. And the other brother was just like the dad and couldn't get himself to try or to do anything and was just stuck in life. And he always said it was because of my dad. So Mm -hmm. you can experiencing the exact same thing and choose to do something different with it. Um, a part of a huge part of becoming an adult is deciding how you are going to use what happened to you in your childhood. Yeah. It, you know, that's all of us get to make these decisions as grownups. Yeah, And it makes me really sad to see how many people, um, you know, justify really horrible treatment because, you know, a person, uh, uh, because of a person's complicated past. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, it ties into it too, because we have so much like pop culture, like media references, like it's always following, like even just like a generic example house, like the guy was an asshole. Yeah but he's still the hero of the TV series Mm -hmm. or Dexter or Mm -hmm. like, you know, we, we glamorize or um, that TV show you where the, the main character is a serial killer and, you know, we glamorize it and Mm -hmm. we understand why he is the way he is because he experienced some really tough shit in childhood. It's like, that may be our media influences, but Mm -hmm. that should not be your life. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so relationships are extremely complex things. We wanted to do this episode to give specific examples of what abuse looks like because we think there's not enough conversation about it. Mm-hmm. But we're not here to tell anyone what to do. Um, what we are here to do is validate your experience of the, this isn't right feeling. Yeah. And because we work with people during breakups, primarily, um, I wanted to do this episode because I want anyone to know if any of these dynamics were present in your relationship, that's now ended. It ended for the right reason. 
And, you know, you're probably uh, better off. It still hurts to go through a breakup if any number of these things were present in your relationship. Um, but if you walked away or if they walked away, regardless, you're, it's, it's for the best. Yeah. And also, if you are hearing some of these things and you're like, fuck, I've done those, mm-hmm. please see a therapist, mm-hmm. um, like get some help. You do not have to always be this way. You do not yeah. always have to fall into these coping mechanisms. Yep. Abuse is never okay. And it's your responsibility to get the help you need to be a better person. Um, and yep. especially if you do want a loving long-term relationship, you're going to need therapy. Yeah. Um, that would probably be beyond coaching scope. Absolutely. Um, yeah, yes, definitely. For sure. Yep. Um, you know, getting help is a choice. Um, I don't think that any partner is there to help you not be abusive. That's what professionals yeah. are, are for. So yeah, if you recognize some of your own behavior, um, start addressing it. Yeah, sure. exactly. And, you know, I think that that would be a, a brave, a brave thing to do. Yeah, exactly. So it doesn't make anything you've done. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, if you truly have the desire to change inside of you, then please do the things that are going to help you change. And I know that, um, seeing a therapist is a scary thing to do, especially if you know that some of the things that you use as coping mechanisms are not good, but just know like these, these are professionals who are very well-trained. They're also some of the most understanding people, um, who are not going to guilt and shame you about these things and instead are going to help you be better. So, yes. And, um, same with, if you have been the victim of some of these behaviors, I know very well how much victim blaming can happen to a person from their loved ones. A therapist is going to help you, um, you know, process everything that's happened without that judgment. So I would definitely suggest, um, survivors and victims to get, get therapy as well. If it's really holding you back, that would be a really safe place to do that. Yeah. So that's our general, general advice is to get mental health support. Mm -hmm. Um, but there are also also no, Oh God. Um, sorry, I'm just going to, I wanted to just, um, just emphasize this. If you aren't getting the support from your family and friends and they're not, um, you know, being as validating as we are about your experience, that doesn't mean anything about your experience. Yeah. Please know that. Yeah. Yeah. Very few people have a, you know, as broad of an understanding or as sophisticated of an understanding of domestic violence as, you know, we do and Ruth Glenn and, you know, other, um, advocates and activists in this space, Mm -hmm. certainly, um, yeah, as, as much as a survivor does. So, you know, don't necessarily expect them to, um, be validating and understanding and, you know, stand up for you in the way that you might really want. Yeah. Um, stand up for yourself, get therapy Yeah, and get involved this month. And you're the expert. You're you experienced yes. it. Yes. You knew that person, like Ruth mm-hmm. said in the episode, you know that person more than anyone else. So you get to decide, yes, this was harmful. This was abuse. Like, and so don't let anyone 
kind of sway you from that and make you believe that it was a your fault or b didn't happen Mm -hmm. it's crazy so yeah so there are other places to get support you want to share them Janice yeah so (laughs) I just want everyone to know we are going to have a bunch of resources on our social media um slash on Instagram and please go to the show notes um but if you have a pen and paper or just want to take note I'm just going to read um a few of the places that can uh, provide you support um if you think you might be in an abusive relationship number one the national domestic violence hotline they're a wonderful resource national dating abuse helpline Mm -hmm. national suicide prevention lifeline the National Indigenous Women's Resource Center, the National Gay and Lesbian Task Force, and the Battered Women's Justice Project. All of their contact information and websites are in the show notes. Please check it out. And of course, if you would like to you know, get involved or make a contribution, please go to the National Coalition Against Domestic Violence, check out what they're doing. Um, they've got a lot of really cool programs and their membership is not that expensive. I don't have it off the top of my head, but it's, it's very accessible. Yeah. And it does, you know, from two people who have done a lot of work with nonprofits, either mm-hmm. yeah. in, on a volunteer basis or even an employed basis, even small contributions do have a big effect. It does all add up. So even if it's like $5, like just know you're still making a difference. Yeah. Um, And if you've experienced um, intimate partner violence, getting involved and, you know, making a difference in, in, in this way can be a great way to channel some of the, you know, frustration and sadness mm -hmm. that you will have um, as a survivor. Yeah. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. We know that this was a heavy one. It, I, uh, it was very hard for me to get through. I have to, I have to say, yeah. so sorry if I, you know, tripped over my words. Um, it's yeah, very dear to my heart and it's very, I'm just finding how difficult it is to talk about this publicly. Um, but we did it because we want to help. We hope yeah. that it did. If you think you're in this situation, stay strong, um, you know, get the resources and know that you're not alone. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, sending you so much love and strength. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you listen to all of this and you're like, wow, I've never experienced this. I am so happy for you. Like that, that's <laughs> <it's> amazing. <laughs> that's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Keep that mm-hmm. up. So yep. yeah. Um, right. and yeah. And keep we listening. Love you guys keep listening. Yes. We'll be covering more, um, uh, positive. We're, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna do a total 180 on part yeah. two of this. So keep yeah. keep listening. Thank you so much. Bye. Awesome. Bye. Thanks for listening to X Files, a podcast about breakups, broken hearts, and moving on. If you like this episode, tag us on your Instagram story so we can connect with you. And you can find me Claire on Instagram at Claire Lofthouse. And me, Janice, on Instagram at Janice Formicella. If you'd like to join our online community, find us on Facebook at Breakups, Broken Hearts, and Moving On.